0: What do you say when you accidentally poke yourself in the eye while you're putting on your safety goggles?
1: Boy, I didn't see that coming.
0: (laughs) Everything we do at Milliken depends on the safety of our people. Whether you spend your day on a production line or in front of a computer or a mix of both, it's crucial that every member of Team Milliken knows what it takes to be safe in the workspace. I'm Betsy Sikma. And today on Milliken for Everyone, we're talking about safety. I'm joined by two people who are dedicated to making sure we work safely. Executive Vice President for Operations, Michael Brown, and Senior Vice President for Global Operations in Manufacturing, Kevin Brown. Welcome, Michael and Kevin.
2: Hi. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you very much.
0: And just to get this clear, I don't think I've ever asked you this before, but you guys aren't related, right? Not that I'm he worried. Wishes. Not that he wishes. <laughs> Everybody wishes, right? <laughs> All right. Well, let's kick it off, Michael, with you. Um, Michael, you've been at Milliken for just over a year now. And I have to say, I've never heard anyone talk about safety more than you, except maybe Charlie Young, who mm-hmm. talks about it a lot. Why are we so committed to improving safety across Milliken?
1: Well, I think it starts with just our values. Uh, We have five values in the company, and one of those is people. Um, And when I think about safety, um, it's easy to consider safety is all about policies or or procedures or programs or permits or things like that. Um, But fundamentally, safety is about people. It's about protecting people. And so when, um, when you look at people in our facilities, whether they're in offices or they're in production environments, uh, obviously we refer to those as associates. But, but more than an associate, they're, they're, some, they're a dad, they're a mom, they're somebody's grandmother, somebody's son. Um, and, uh, and so when you think of it in that context, I, I, I am one of the, I'm a dad, I'm, I'm a brother. Um, My dad worked at a uh, a manufacturing facility as a maintenance worker for 36 years. Wow! And so my family counted on his health and and well-being for our livelihood. And um, and so as a result, it's very personal to me. Uh, I think it uh, is uh, very fitting with our values uh, and uh, it's just the right thing to do.
2: So um,
0: another one of our values, right? Integrity, I love that. That's great, perfect. What about you, Kevin? Why is it so important to you?
2: It's uh, great minds uh, think alike. (laughs) Uh, Literally, the the two things that that popped in my head are it's the right thing to do, and it's part of our core values. Uh, When you think about it, for all the reasons he stated, we want everyone to leave the same way they came in, and we use that sentence over and over again to go be with loved ones uh, because of the livelihood and uh, supporting their families and... uh, and they are a brother and a father and so forth, exactly as Michael said. It's, uh, it's just the right thing to do.
0: I love how you're bringing to life a theme that we talked about um, in our last podcast on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Riquet Harris and Stacey Lauren kept talking about building a team that has your back, mm-hmm. which it sounds like very much pertains to. the the world of safety as well no doubt you
1: know we use a a term in in uh, safety culture it's called uh, brother's keeper um, uh, or sister's keeper Um, but to to build the safety culture that we're aiming for it it takes looking out for one another Um, there are things that uh, i don't see myself habits that i have uh, uh, things that I, i do that that might put myself at risk and and i'm counting on uh, Kevin as a as a fellow associate to, to point that out in, in a way and and uh, as we build the right safety culture I will be receptive to that that's how you know our, our culture has matured um, because we're we're looking out for each other yeah um, and you
0: can take that feedback that's right it's personal but it's not a personal affront that's yeah.
1: right that's Kevin's way of saying I care about you yeah and and I don't want to see you get hurt
0: I love that well We've heard a few recent reports. The last one that I heard was at our global town hall in mm-hmm. April. And it looks like injury rates are trending down. Is that right?
1: So, so regretfully, uh, April and May have been higher months for us from oh, an injury no. perspective. Um, we have had um, uh, six, six injuries in April and seven injuries in May. Uh, I think the bright spot in those figures, um, the severity of those injuries, is lower than what we saw last year. So we're having fewer lost time injuries. Okay. Um, but the number of injuries is up. Okay. Uh, and I think you know there's some common themes that we see in, in those injuries. Um, obviously, a lot of lot of hands are getting injured. We use our hands for everything that we do, uh, and uh, so we see a number of hand injuries. We still see walking and working surfaces as a top risk factor, people uh, moving about the, the, the workplace, um, and then the use of tools, whether those are um, uh, wrenches and other tools or whether those are cutting instruments. Those three categories represent a lot of the injuries that we're seeing, and so um, a lot of what we're doing is aimed at trying to address those areas.
0: So... Unpack something for me, because I've seen this on a couple of presentations, and I think even on a poster um, that our team helped create recently, and either one of you can answer this, walking on working surfaces, I'm probably not even saying it right, what does that mean? Tell me what that means.
2: Well, usually it's uh, the walkways or the platforms in and around the processes or machinery that the associates work. Um, you know, and many people do not realize it at times, but our associates do a lot of walking in the, and patrolling of their machines or watching fabric run and doing quality checks. So okay. there is a lot of uh, interaction with equipment and a lot of walking that our associates do throughout the plant and on their job specifically. And, uh, and a lot of times those processes, you know, there may be wet floors, there may be trip hazards, things like that. Um, that uh, create hazards in the workplace. And so uh, to that point, we've really had an initiative company-wide to push uh, because walking, working surfaces have been such a a driver of incidents, uh, risk reduction projects. And it looks at the frequency at which you do things and what countermeasures can we put in place to reduce those risks in particular. And there's been a big emphasis on R3 projects risk reduction projects related to walking and working surfaces
0: That's so in interesting our plants. And
1: I'd, and I'd add to that you know it's it, even broader than manufacturing we all walk and, and we're all uh, typically on some sort of surface and so we've had a, a number of injuries Um, This year we've had an individual fall in the parking lot Mm. due to icy conditions and suffer uh, an injury. Uh, We've had uh, an individual to roll their ankle on uh, stairwells. Uh, And so even those of us in office environments uh, coming into the the building and uh, accessing uh, different areas of the building are susceptible to injury from a a walking and working surface.
0: It's all coming together for me now, so this is why – I shouldn't be texting while walking down the hall or most, most definitely. I, I should <laughs> most be holding definitely. the hand holding and, and, handrail. Holding that handrail. Absolutely. I think yes. that's so helpful because, um, you know, for those of us who aren't living this every day, sometimes these reminders just don't hit home or they mm-hmm. might seem even a little bit superfluous. But I think, I think it was you, Michael, who demonstrated to me once, um, you know, just through storytelling, how very devastating a trip and fall can be, especially on a staircase or something like that. You don't have to be doing something with a tool or, or something mm-hmm. like that to get really, really hurt and, and kind of change your yeah. at least immediate future.
1: Yes, yeah. absolutely. So happy to say, you know, the one injury I referenced with uh, the, the ankle injury descending stairs, that individual happened to be holding the handrail and so they, they didn't fall um but i have experience in in, a, in uh early in my career of somebody that, that fell and ended up uh, with a very serious head injury uh just coming down a set of stairs and it was an office worker in an office environment yeah. um, very debilitating injury goodness So
0: goodness well so we talked a little bit about um trends that are going the wrong way mm-hmm. and what we're doing to turn those trends back around in general at Milliken, though, I do think we've seen an improvement in safety mm-hmm. over, certainly over the last year. I think some of that's due to um, being able to reinstitute things sort of post-COVID. But on a, a sort of more meta note, what are we doing right in terms of safety at Milliken these days? What's, what's responsible for the positive trends that we've seen?
1: I'd say... Um one, the, this partnership you see with Kevin here today, I, I think there's really good collaboration between um, the corporate um, HSE team and the divisions. I mean, there's a spirit of, uh, hey, we are unified and working together, uh, and, um, and and that's allowing us to accelerate efforts. We're working jointly on things uh, without a lot of friction. Um, and then when you look at those things we are working on, I do believe um, – you know, the reinstitution of uh, safety tailgates and monthly safety topics has been um, particularly helpful because um, we have a lot of new associates uh, and their understanding of the hazards in the workplace, their understanding of what could happen um, is, is maybe not as great as it once was. And, and those tailgates are allowing us to have those conversations, those, um, those awareness messages to, uh, to really elevate our understanding uh, in in our facilities of the risk that we face and how we would expect them to to mitigate those risk um, there there are a number of other initiatives but maybe I'll, I'll leave it to, to Kevin to share his thoughts yeah that's a, it's a great
2: point I think standardization is is much better now as we do this across divisions and it, it Michael's done a really good job with his team of sharing those best practices and a lot of the toolkits that Charlie and his team have made. It just made it easy to standardize and share best practices. And, and an emphasis, as you said, kind of post-COVID, getting back to the things that we did really well in safety and subcommittees and our meetings and tailgates, as Michael mentioned, uh, and, and getting back focused on associate-driven process. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that the associates are the ones that know the process, know the equipment, and, and know the hazards and they also have the best solutions. so creating that environment where we're getting this back on track and associate led i think is is what we do great and what we're getting back at uh, with with michael and charlie's team helping across all four divisions
0: so kind of rebuilding that safety culture from within that's right yeah. well, that's great so kevin i'll stay with you to kick off this next one uh, what are the building blocks of a strong safety culture, specifically at a plant?
2: Great question. Um, uh, safety first and always. Uh, you know, in many meetings we start with safety conversation or fire and evacuation routes first, and that's that's the mentality and culture that we have in the plants and need to continue to work on and improve. And that is safety first and always. And then the second thing I'd say would be zero thinking. Uh, I think sometimes it's human nature that we think we can't prevent all injuries and incidents. Um, And maybe that's true or not true, but it needs to be our mindset that we're gonna go out every day trying uh, to have zero incidents. And uh, to have that challenge and goal in front of us, because um, ultimately that is our goal, is zero incidents uh, in our facilities. So zero mindset thinking is what I'd say. And then the, the last one would be uh, a comment around, again, associate driven, uh, that I mentioned earlier on the previous question. Um, I, as I mentioned, I, I think the associates just know it better uh, and, and do it every day, so they usually come up with the best idea. So just empowering that, supporting that, uh, I think those, those three are the, probably the, the fundamentals.
0: I love that, especially because it's our associates, um, our people, us, who are the most at risk. And mm-hmm. so trusting them and empowering them to come up with solutions is, um, there's something really, there's a lot of respect in that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. So who is responsible for safety at any given location?
1: So when I think about safety, um, I, I view it as each of us is responsible for their, their own individual safety. So, so there's nobody that, that's going to keep me safe. That, that's my responsibility. Um, at the same time, there is this brother's keepers mentality where I do feel accountable. If I see Kevin do something unsafe, um, You know, I, I certainly feel responsible. To, to stop that activity um, uh, and then I think there's a so, so there's there's my personal safety there's my obligation to my coworkers, and then I think there is a special set of responsibilities that fall to leadership um, in in terms of making sure that we provide the right training we provide the right resources we're investing in the facilities whether that's walking working services or providing the right tools um, so in my mind, there's those three groups at a site level that, that all have accountabilities for yeah. safety.
0: And I would imagine on that leadership piece too, there's an element of ultimately um, associates need to follow their leaders and so not asking people to do things that would put them at risk, right? Yes. Yeah. You know,
1: you mentioned the building blocks at a plant. One, one of those to add to Kevin's uh, is uh, I think leadership commitment. Mm. I mean, if, if, if you're going to see a strong safety performance at a site, clearly you need the engagement of the workforce uh, and, and our safety committees help drive that. But if they're not supported uh, properly from a leadership perspective it is it's very hard for them to be successful. And so that leadership commitment is um, uh, extremely important. And it's, it's, more, it's more than saying that we want safety first and safety, safety before production. Um, we've got to walk that. And so when a machine is not in the proper condition, we've got to be willing to shut it down versus continuing to operate uh, because our employees, they, they see our actions and those actions uh, drown out any any words we might have. Yeah. Um, so Absolutely. Um, that leadership commitment's r-
2: really critical.
0: Yeah, you look like you've got something to add there. No, I
2: just to reinforce Michael's point again, it's um, uh, we have to, to back the associate if they feel the machine's unsafe and support them. Um, you know, when I say uh, associate driven earlier, um, that is with leadership support. Uh, at, at every stage of, of that, and when you ask, you know, who's responsible, it, it, it is everyone, literally, um, that works in a location, that works in, in the headquarters here, um, it is a team effort, and mm-hmm. it is all hands on deck, if you will, that it requires everyone's input and energy um, to make this work, to have that zero thinking, and mm-hmm. again, to get that, that level of result.
0: Everybody's a part of it, and we all have to have each other's backs. I love that. So last question, although I could keep going here for sure. I won't. We've <laughs> taken up a lot of your time. What are the three guiding principles of safety and operational excellence?
1: You know, I, I think uh, I'll, I'll kind of paraphrase something that uh, Paul Pruitt uses oftentimes. Okay. And, and so if I keep it real simple... It's uh, you have to do things safely, uh, you have to do them correctly, and then you have to do them efficiently. And if you can do those three things, you can do them safely, do them correctly, and then do them efficiently. Uh, in a nutshell, that, that, that is the essence of operational excellence uh, in my mind. We've got we've got a whole MPS program. It's got ten elements. You can go as deep as you want to go in this topic. But if I was to keep it at a high level, very brief, those would be the three things I might share.
0: So, say I'm listening to this in a, as an associate, and I do want to go deeper. Where mm-hmm. where could I go to find out more about you know what turns out to be you know a very systematic approach to operational excellence and safety? Where could somebody go to find out?
2: Well there's obviously several um, on the manufacturing hub we have several um, kits there that explain safety processes best practice processes and safety and subcommittees and Charlie's even put together kind of uh, safety topics of the month now that are sent to the plants uh, for them to utilize and see you know kind of what good looks like and best practices so um, it's a very good safety toolkit um, that really touches on all these points in operational excellence uh, for our associates and our plants.
0: Love that. Thanks, Michael and Kevin, for talking with us about safety at Milliken. And to our incredible team of associates around the globe, keep putting safety first, have each other's backs, and thanks for listening to Milliken for Everyone. This has been a Marketing Center of Excellence production. Alan Jenkins is our producer, and once again, I'm Betsy Sigma. And remember, we can make a positive impact that will last generations, and we'll do it together.